everybody. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. We got another great one for you today, and we're going to continue on with our series. Um, and so we're going to be covering Proverbs uh, chapters 4 and 5. So if you're listening to us uh, for the first time and you want to follow along with us, we're in Proverbs chapter 4 and 5. I'm going to talk about those chapters in relation to how to raise men how men should raise their sons and and and, this, and not really just that too because there's a lot of good information in here that everybody can use absolutely you know so dr daniels what i took from chapter four and chapter i'm gonna tell you like this one chapter four and chapter five both of them are there are two different things going on chapter five me and you both know because we've been out there mm-hmm. and we got friends mm-hmm. who do exactly the opposite of what chapter five say, which is focusing on adultery mm-hmm. and, you know, and some of the things that uh, King Solomon puts in there, it happens. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. It's going to happen now. It's going to happen tomorrow. It's going to happen next year. It's going to happen to the end of the millennium. Right. If you're a man and you're successful mm-hmm. and you're married, it's going to be somebody it's going to come look at you, back the eyelashes, mm-hmm. and they're going to look good to you. That's when you got to be disciplined and stay, you know, quote unquote, at home. Mm-hmm. But he goes farther in chapter five to saying how to be able to do that. And we'll cover that today as as well as what goes on in chapter four, which is focusing on wisdom. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, Dr. Daniels, I'm, I'm waiting to hear. And I know the people listening want to hear what your wisdom is on these two chapters. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Solomon, it, when he focuses, looks at those, looks at life in general, right? You know, and, and his instruction is a father to a son, you know, um, which, which I think just that within itself should tell all of us something because he's saying that, you know what, uh, this is the information that I should have taken in. And so I want to give it to you and I want you to take this instruction because I love you and I care about you. And as you pointed out, I think that every father should attempt to do the same thing, you know, to provide guidance to their sons. Right. Because if we don't teach our sons how to be good men, how to be good husbands, then who's going to teach them? And I recognize in our community, oftentimes we leave that job to the wife. And sometimes not because you necessarily want to, but sometimes because women tend to be overpowering in those areas. And I get that because, you know, they, they are the ones that birthed a child. And oftentimes the comment is, that's my child. And, right. But but if, if, if we want a well-rounded, you know, um, man, then we have to, you know, take that lead uh, and say, hey, you know, it is what it is. Right. That only a man can, can raise a man. But then we have to really raise that child. And so and Solomon starts out by, by establishing a simple principle, and that is that if you're going to be a prosperous man, if you're going to have long, if you want long life, if you want wealth, uh, and, and wealth is not defined by how many dollars you have, uh, but whether or not you have what you need to be successful in life, that's how he presents it. If, if we want to do that, then he says that there's a simple thing we have to have. First is wisdom. First thing is wisdom, is it in, and secondly is understanding. Mm-hmm. So let, let me define wisdom quickly because everyone doesn't, people don't always understand wisdom. I have a lot of friends that have great knowledge, you know, have great knowledge. They, they, they read, they, they can, they, they, they have that ability, that analytical skill, 
uh, to, to, to retain things, but they lack wisdom. It's one thing to have knowledge. It's one thing to know how to apply that knowledge in a way that will lead to prosperity. and the application of forward, right. And so I, I also know people that have little education but have great wisdom, right? right? Uh, and so that's the, he says, seek wisdom. So, and, and, and the way he describes wisdom is understanding why God put you here and understanding how God wants you to matriculate through life. Right. He said, that's what wisdom is, right? And then he, he, then he says, and understanding, which oftentimes you'd be thinking, wait a minute, if I have wisdom, doesn't that mean I understand? And he's saying, no, there are two separate things. That one is, to, is, is how to take that knowledge and apply it. He said, but also understanding is a little different because understanding is the appreciation of what God really intends for us to be, but also the appreciation for accepting other people. Because if you read the whole chapter, he starts to talk about how you deal with other people, uh, which, you know, helps me to see that, you know, to be a man also means I have to be a one who, who can discern other people and accept other people so that I can make sure that we, we are on the same plane all the time. So right. to me, that's a key thing. And I, I think that oftentimes we... Don't expose our, our, our young men, and our, you know, to the wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. We are too busy exposing our young men to the wisdom of the world, right. as if that's what's going to get them by. Right. You, you know, but really, uh, God created the world. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, I, I've, I heard about Fillmore Slim before I heard about Proverbs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm being real. Yeah. You know, you hear about pimps and players before you hear about King Solomon. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, and to touch back on what you have said about understanding right here, it says in the Bible, cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. Mm-hmm. And what I found interesting in that text was the choice of the pronoun her. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking to men, as he is, he's talking to his sons. Mm-hmm. When you love a woman. You really, like, really, really love her and you cherish her. Mm-hmm. He's saying, okay, look, I want you to cherish this understanding the same way. Seek it the same way. Right. Fight for it the same way. Right. Do all you can do to get it the same way. You're right. He's saying that your emotional attachment to wisdom should be greater than anything else you do. You know, and actually, and that's true because you cannot enjoy life to the fullest without it. You're right. You know, and, and but most people don't seek wisdom as if it was their first love. You think about this. How how how, how do we position our children? And, and I'm, I'm talking especially specifically our men, our boys, and ourselves, because see, you know, we, what we know is this: our sons imitate their fathers. Right. <laughs> you know. So that means we have to be doing something. We have to be seeking it so right. they see us, but also so they see us enjoying it, right? Right. How many fathers do you see that make going to church and learning of the Lord a pleasant event? Hmm. You, you right on that one. <laughs> Most of them say, well, you know, the game come on at 115. 
Like, you know, the early game, a team playing early, right. you know, passive get kind of long-winded. I don't know if I'm going today. And all that, like you said, all of those words you're speaking, your son's over in the corner. He, you think he's not listening, but he's listening. Words are powerful, aren't they? Yeah. And so, I mean, that's the thing, though. See, it's one thing to teach a child and say it, but it's another thing to demonstrate to him that you feel that way, too, right? And so if you're doing it, then the child will, you know, see it in a more pleasant way. Right. Right. And a child will do it. And and so um, it's like anything. We, 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 we'll play sports with our children. You know, men, men will readily go out in the backyard and throw a baseball around, throw a football around, play basketball around. We do all those things with our son to build them up athletically. But we don't do those same things to build them up spiritually, you know. Yeah. And it's not like it has to be a boring thing, you know. It had to be boring to teach a child how to enjoy Jesus, uh, but but if we're going to if, if we're going to seek it, and I can tell you when I was in in in, in uh, junior high, because uh, back when I was in school, we didn't have middle school yet. Junior high, when I was in junior high in high school. I used to hang out in the pool room. Okay, those guys taught us how to be a player. <laughs> okay, right. I mean, they literally would, would, would talk to you, you know, right. how to chase a woman, how to do this, how to. You know, they would tell you all kinds of schemes, all this kind of stuff, right? They made being a player exciting. They yeah. made being a player a happy thing. But as you say, no one made church a happy thing. Right. You know, they didn't make coming to know Jesus or coming to know the word of God a happy thing. They, they didn't take the word and show me how the word would make me successful in the world. Right. <laughs> you know, but if we do that, it changes things, you know. And so, but that's what chapter four is all about, right? It's about taking the word of God and showing men, young men, old men, whoever men, how they can be successful in the world through the word, how they can enjoy the world through the word. Because the Bible also says this, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, right? The key, right? The fullness thereof, meaning he made everything for our enjoyment. Right. But we don't take that and apply that, you know, when we're talking to our sons, you know, and again, I'm not saying like you said, it's true for everybody. But I'm just focusing on, you know, the men, because, you know, we we want our men to be strong. We want our men to grow up and take the lead so that they can make our Nubian princesses happy. Right. You know, I kind of equate it to like buying a ticket to go see a play or a movie. You bought the ticket at the front desk. Which is you accept you know, Jesus as your savior. Mm-hmm. And you go to the lobby, but you'll never go in to go see the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like at some point we gotta get past the second door. And once you get past the second door, that's where everything really opens up. Yeah. But most, you know, most people don't get past the second door. And the conversation we had a couple days ago, that you know, that's what I'm trying to I want people to get past the second door. Yeah. Because once you get past the second door, everything starts things get brighter. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in reading Proverbs 4 and 5 from a different lens, you start seeing, so you know what? I've ex- I have experienced this before. Mm-hmm. I have wisdom through experience right. of, you know, yeah, I shouldn't do that. Or or if I have a couple of guy friends that say, man, we, we going down North Carolina, you rolling? Uh, I already know what y'all going to be doing down in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I'm straight. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say I'm good. And then but most of the time, I'm gonna be honest with you, when you're young, your early twenties, you know, you say, you know, the wife said, All right, you can go hang out with the boys, and the boys, they out got other wives mm-hmm. and say, We're going down here to go, you know, act up. How many, let's be real, how many of the men 
are going to say no. Well, no, you, yeah. you're right. But see, there's a reason why, right? The question is this. Have they been taught to say no? There you go. Yeah. If you haven't been taught to say no, right. you're not going to say no, right? right. And, and that's, I think, why this this type of thing is so so important. But it's also important for us to translate this, you know, not just on the podcast, right, but in, in ministry in general and in conversation right. in general. And, and not to make a person feel bad because they didn't learn it. You know right, what I mean? Right. Because it, it, no one was teaching it. You know, my father didn't teach me, you know, um, not to enjoy life with the guys. He would say, you know, don't go to jail, of course. <laughs> right. But, but you know, but it, you know, if I had two or three girlfriends like when I was in high school, my father would be like, that's my son. <clears throat> yeah. You know, that's, my, that's my boy right there. <laughs> I'm about, about to put a new phone line in for him, right. you know. So it was like a sense of pride right. that your son was like that. Again, I'm not saying that uh, you shouldn't date. Listen, you know, growing up, you should have a lot of friends, right? You, you know, but you should have a lot of friends, you know, and that's the thing. Uh, but once you settle on a wife, it it changes. But I, but, but I, I think a part of it is, again, is that we, we matriculate from the things in chapter four, right? Which talk about how to just life in general. To the things in chapter five about how to treat a woman without fully grasping the things in chapter four. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, right. it's like the it, it, simple things that he talks about, like, you know, how to communicate with people, which is in chapter four, which, it, you know, you don't normally hear people talking to you about how to communicate and use your words with wisdom. You, you know, those kind of things, which is in chapter four. How, how to diffuse a situation, which is also in chapter four, about, you know, if things get volatile, how to diffuse them with words as opposed to, you know, taking the aggressive role, right. but take the, you know, the role that says let's reconcile role, you know, so it's a great, good outcome for everybody. So it's a win-win rather than a win-lose, you know, right. situation. And, and, and so, but because if if we get all that right, the other uh, other start begins. Other part begins to fall in place. You, you know, mm-hmm. that 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 uh, what's you know, for example, like you, as you mentioned, you know, who I hang around with. Well, what is my advantage? What is the advantage of me hanging around with the nerd, per se? Right. You know what I'm saying? What's the advantage if if I don't see that part, and if I if I keep seeing that person as a nerd, why would I want to hang around him anyway? Right. Right. But Solomon was Solomon was not a nerd. Right. No, far from it. He was far from it. (laughs) Solomon was a cool guy, right? But yet he he came to understand something. I'm saying I think that's the key, right? There are plenty of positive role models out there that people want to emulate, but are not experienced. They don't experience them in their lives. And we don't always expose them to that part of life. You know. I, I, um, for example, watching television, and the 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 person said that in in the black communities, when by the time a child is two years old, that the number of words they are exposed to is one tenth of what the in the white community the number of words they are exposed to. Hmm. One tenth. Now that already puts you at a deficit, right? Right. The same thing applies to raising a man, boy to a man, right? If a child is not exposed to a positive man, 
until they get in college. Right. It's almost too late. Mm-hmm. You know, right. at, at some point, you know, if let's say if, if it's a, a single mother trying to raise a son, at some point she has to make sure that that son is around positive images, right? But but those that kind of mirror what the scripture says. But we men also have a responsibility, and our responsibility has to be that we are going to be that positive role model. That we're going to show young guys that you know what. You can get it, and like the Bible says, above all things, every principle he says, what get wisdom, get understanding, right? right? So when I'm talking to young and, and and young guys often ask me, well, Pastor Daniels, you know, you do this and you do that, and you you go this and you do this, and I, you got a nice car, you ride a motorcycle, you, you you fly a plane, you do all this kind of stuff. Well, how'd you get that? My first response is always biblical. You know, it's always biblical. It's always a biblical response because I want them to tie operating through Christ as their road to success. Right. You know, because uh, when they see that, it will change what they do. Uh, but also getting their perspective to be, be to, to, to be prosperous and to not have to worry. Like the Bible says, you, you want to wake up and not worry about what's going to happen. If you're selling drugs, you you worried. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you're stealing, you worried. Whereas if you take another road, you're not. Right. You know, it's, it's funny you say that because every time, um, which is what me and Sherry is watching the show, Queen of the South, mm-hmm. and she was a big-time cartel um, leader, and the, and the guy from the CIA was like, you're going to be the biggest cartel in the entire world. And she, you know, she kept having to bounce around. Even though she was in mansions, she kept bouncing around from one mansion to another, like she wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. Always on the move, always, you know, looking over her shoulder. It's like that, who wants to live like that? You know, it's, it's just funny how you mentioned that. Now mm-hmm. we was talking about that. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're doing things the right way, you don't, you can wake up, you go to sleep peaceful, wake up peaceful. Absolutely. You know, you ain't got nothing uh, really to worry about. Mm-hmm. And to, um, to go back to go over a, a little recap, not a recap of chapter four, but in chapter four, it starts out the very first sentence. It says, listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Mm-hmm. Now, being full transparency, when I read the commentary, they talked about King Solomon's um, experience with King David, his mm-hmm. father, King David. So we tend... It, it, I have noticed that in black families, if the grandfather is involved, if the father and grandfather, if say everything is intact, mm-hmm. I have noticed that the grandfather does seem what you hear that statement. Well, they're treating my grandkids better than they treated me, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, you talk about how King David taught King Solomon, and then basically he knew that King Solomon was the favorite. He talked a little bit about that in the commentary. Mm-hmm. And but David I, was his father, not grandfather, right? Right, father, his yeah. father, right, his father. I, I'm talking about his when he's talking to his sons, mm-hmm. grandfather. And I was just thinking, no, you you just threw me down. Say it again. Okay, so when King Solomon says, "Listen, my sons," oh, I got you. Okay, okay, right, yeah. So I was just thinking of the reference of going back to thinking like, what, how would it have been with King David as you know as my grandfather, and that mm-hmm. that information and knowledge and wisdom what we're talking about coming down Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and then saying, okay, how important that is for everybody, right, yeah. that information coming down, because even though it's not spoken here, but when I read the commentary, I was like, I get it, because it ain't like King Solomon just woke up one day, he's like, hey, I just know all this information, you know, right? you know, right. he had a great mentor in his father, and also he did live life. You know? well, well, think about it this way. Um, D- David made enough mistakes for Solomon to see. That <laughs> <laughs> is true. Okay. <laughs> and not saying that David was a great warrior, but David was a great warrior, but David made plenty of mistakes in his life. Um, David was not a good father, actually, um, you know, historically. You know, right. For example, uh, David's son, Absalom, tried to kill him right. Right? and take over the right. kingdom, right? Uh, David's best friend um, got together with his oldest son and said, hey, listen, you should be the king. Let's go kill your dad. Okay. So I think, I think from Solomon's standpoint, he was looking at David, but he was looking at David and, and saw the good and the bad. Right. He saw what his father did right. He saw what his father did wrong. To me, I think the thing that distinguishes Solomon and, and his writings is 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 the fact that the thing that Solomon asked for above all, where some of the kings asked for wealth, some of the kings asked for land, some of the kings asked for power, like right. Saul. Right. Solomon asked for wisdom. Right. You know that's what he said. Lord, I want you to give me first of all wisdom. And again, if we if we go back to ch- chapter one and two, right, that's what Solomon tells us. Right, that the beginning of all wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So what Solomon says, and I'm not discounting what you're saying, I'm just saying it's sure. true. Information has to pass down from father to son, father to son. But what Solomon says is that the beginning of all wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So what Solomon is saying basically to us is that if we're going to be strong men, that that's always the starting place. Right. Is 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 God, right? And the fear of God. And that's how that's how it should flow. So even his instruction to his son is don't start with me, <laughs> start with God. Right, right. You know, start with God. Because that's where it, that's where it's all at. So he's even telling his son, and I guess oftentimes we don't see it that way, but he's really telling his son the same thing his father told him. Don't make the same mistakes I made. Right. That's really what he's saying. <laughs> right. When right, he right. says don't deal with strange women, it's because he dealt with the Queen of Sheba. <laughs> right. Right. He, he dealt with a strange woman. Right. So did his daddy, by the way. <laughs> so his daddy didn't learn. Right. He didn't learn. And he's telling his son, I hope you learn from my mistakes and your and your granddaddy's mistakes. Hey, listen, these strange women will bring you down. Right. So don't do it. So in a sense, what he's doing is he's telling them, hey, listen, learn from our mistakes, just as well as he's saying, you know, learn from our successes. <laughs>